Calvary Baptist Church. If I forget the name of the church I'm at tonight, then I know I'm getting old. Amen. And uh, just a real joy to be with you. I'm glad to have the girls uh, singing tonight. Uh, just a few weeks ago, they were with me in Knoxville, Tennessee, when I was preaching revival up there, and uh, they were able to come up and be with me a few nights and get to travel with me often to youth meetings and different things, and so I'm thankful uh, that I get the privilege of having them with me tonight as always, and then it's good to have my wife, Miss Wendy, and I knew when the banjo playing started, Miss Wendy was right at home. <laughs> I'm telling you, that woman loves a banjo, Amen. And uh, she loves to hear it. I go in a meeting somewhere, and if they have banjo music, when I'm going preaching, and uh, she said, I'd have went. If I knew they are playing the banjo, I said, what about me, baby? Why don't you want to hear me? But uh, she said, I'd have heard everything you got to say anyway. So, amen. And uh, anyway, I do appreciate it. I love your pastor. Amen. And uh, some people say me and him look like brothers a little bit. And uh, me, the younger, of course, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, well, that isn't true. But anyway, and every meeting I go in, people ask me my kin to Steve Martin and all that. You ever get that? I do. You do? Yeah, I had a lady the other day who was going to ask me for an autograph and realize that I wasn't him. And I looked at her and I said, but I am a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> Amen. And uh, anyway, just a joy uh, to be with you tonight. I know you had a great service last night you spoke of. And uh, today, during the day today, I got back home, have an office there in my house, and began to do a little bit of uh, thinking about tonight. Very unusual uh, that I'll preach a new message that I've never even looked at or anything when I go into a meeting. Matter of fact, I really thought I'd be preparing it for Sunday morning, and I may be. But uh, I want to preach tonight from Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, I trust tonight uh, God will help us. Verse number 17, if you would. Uh, again, thank you for allowing me to come tonight. I appreciate it. And uh, always good. I appreciate the work going on in California. Preacher, and thank the Lord for that. And we keep up with it and follow the best we can there. And uh, I know your dad's just going to hate to have another grandbaby. And my soul, never seen a man enjoy grandbabies and ice cream cones so much in my life. <laughs> Amen, and uh, I'm telling you, and I can't listen, man, I can't even look at that. I look at that, and I think, Lord, I want to run down there somewhere and get me an ice cream cone every time I say anything, but uh, I do appreciate what God's doing here, and uh, thank you for praying for us. Of course, this year, we'll be hosting again Macedonia's National Conference. We're looking forward to that again this year, and uh, we'll be hosting that uh, coming up later in the year. It'll be Wednesday through Sunday this year. And uh, we're excited about that and also excited about revival this year. Brother Dean McNeese and Brother um, Mark Stroud are going to be with us for uh, Sunday through Wednesday. And so you help us pray that God will speak to us. I don't know about you guys, but we need revival and uh, certainly do. I don't preach a long time, so hold on, all right? I preach a little longer than the men's conference, but uh, hold on. I think I broke a record at the men's conference. I preached, I think, 11 minutes. You know, I have more people appreciate that message than anyone I've ever preached. <laughs> Amen. I did. I'm telling you. Son, listen, I thought, I, I thought Joel Holstein was going to book me. I mean, it was good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge 
that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now when we read those verses tonight, those verses help us if we know why Paul is saying them. So now I want you to look back up in the chapter at verse 13. He says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I want to preach for a few moments tonight on the subject of a prayer for power. A prayer for power. Let's bow together and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege we have to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, God, tonight for the opportunity to be able to preach the unsearchable riches of this Bible. And Lord, I pray tonight you speak to our heart. Give us what we need from the Word of God. And Lord, I pray tonight you'd help us to be everything that you'd have us to be. Clothe me, I pray, in my calling. I'll give you the glory for it. For we ask it in Christ's name. And all God's people said, you can be seated. This passage of the Word of God is not something that is not familiar to most of you in this auditorium tonight. No doubt if you're from this church or another church, you have heard Ephesians chapter 3 and especially the verses that I've read tonight about the love of God that you find here in verse number 18. You understand that the Apostle Paul at this time in his ministry was going through some difficult times. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul was going through things so difficult at this time that he said to the people of God for them not to quit uh, when they see the tribulations that Paul was going through in his life. And he also began to pray for them. He knew they were going through a lot of things. The Christians in Ephesus, the children of God there were going through great hardships and they were going through struggling times and many things were going on and Paul wanted to encourage them and Paul wanted to get their mind off of what was going on around them and in the devil good tonight about wanting us to focus on that one negative thing or what's going on instead of realizing that God is still there he is still on the throne he is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above whatever uh, that which we ask or think. I'm glad tonight that Paul understood where these believers were at. When you look at this chapter, there are several words that stand out to me that I want to share in just a moment. One of the words I want you to look at, and I want to just touch on the word a minute, then I'll keep going, where the Bible says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Uh, watch what he says, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now here comes my words. That Christ may dwell in your hearts, that ye being rooted 
and grounded in love. If there was ever country terms that God could use, it would be rooted and grounded in your love. Now I want you to look, he goes on to say, stay with me and I'll give you some something to go to. May we be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. He is trying to get them to take their focus off of their circumstance, off of where they at, and he wants them to be endued with power in the inner man. In other words, here's what he wants. He wants them to get so full of God, to get so full of the power of God and the Holy Ghost of God that they get over whatever they're going through in their life. And so he says they need to be rooted and they need to be grounded. The word rooted you find here simply means to be fixed. The word grounded means to be stable. Paul said what you need to get to in your life is you need to get rooted. Uh, you need to get grounded. You need to get fixed. You need to get stable. You need to focus on the right things and deal with the right things. And can I tell you this, friend, I promise you, if you look around, there's a whole lot more going on in your life that God's doing that's better uh, than maybe what you even see. And you have to focus and realize that God is working for you. Amen. The Bible tells us that we have inside of us the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that it can settle. What does that mean? It can take up permanent residence. The Holy Ghost takes up permanent residence in our life when we get saved by the grace of God. Friend, I want to say this to you. That's where your power comes from. A preacher friend of mine said, it's not, uh, it's not me, but it's what is in me that makes a difference in my life. And I want to tell you this. If we are anything, if we hope to be anything, we owe it all to the grace of God and the power of God that dwells in our life. But after Paul says those things to him, he uses the word comprehend. And I want you to watch this word tonight. He says that you may be able to comprehend. Now I begin to think that word comprehend. I've always thought comprehend would be something like three plus three is six. Do you comprehend that? I've always thought about something that you learn. But the word comprehend here in Ephesians 3 simply means this, to lay hold of or to make it your own. Other words, Paul is saying, I want you to get a hold of what I am telling you, of what I'm saying to you, and don't let the distresses and don't let all the things going on cause you to give up and cause you to faint. But he said, I want to tell you how good you really have it. And so, he said, I want you to comprehend, and this is a big thing to comprehend. I want you to comprehend the love of God. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That's a big field to deal with. When you think about the love of God, you ever thought about when you drove in tonight or went to church last night and went through the day that the very God of heaven that placed the stars in the sky, started planets in rotation, 
The very God of heaven that stepped out on nothing and created everything. The very God of heaven that loves you and I, that very same God sent his son to die for our sin. Let's don't get over that, but let's also remember this. He loves us with an unconditional love and a love that goes beyond anything and everything we could ever imagine. I want you to think about Paul was saying to them, When you're going through what you're going through, when you're dealing with the distress of life, comprehend one thing. Comprehend how much God loves you. How much God loves you. Sometimes when you're going through the distresses of life, and I know this meeting's about magnifying the Lord, and I want to say this to you tonight, the more He's magnified, And the more he's lifted up, the better we'll all be. But I want to say this to you tonight. You and I realize that he is God and there's nobody like him. But we also realize there is a love that goes beyond anything else that you and I could ever imagine. I want you to look back at the verse in verse 18 if you would. And I want you to see the Bible says there is the breath that God, the breath of God's love. Simply, it's talking about how wide is God's love, how broad is God's love. Hey, the breath of God's love is to everyone. Can I say this? I'm glad God loves a rich man. I'm glad God loves a poor man. I'm glad he loves a black man, white man, Hispanic man. I'm glad he loves a bus kid. I'm glad he loves everybody. But I want to say this, I'm glad he loves me. Amen. Thank God tonight that the Lord loves me. Thank God tonight that God loves me. Praise God. We grew up singing that in vacation Bible school. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I will say this, I'm glad. I'm glad God loves Brother Steve Pope. I'm glad God loves Brother Stephen. I'm glad God loves you. And I'm glad God loves you. And I'm glad God loves you. But I am tickled to death God loves me. Amen. Because Lord, how mercy. I don't know everything about you. And others don't know everything about you. But I know everything about me. And to know that God still loves me amazes me in my life. Hey, I'm telling you, there is the breath of God's love. It is to everyone. It's wide enough and broad enough to save any sinner. You know, Paul's saying to these Ephesian believers, he's saying, look, I know things can be difficult and I know they can be hard, but every one of you here right now, because God loves everybody. Amen. God loves everybody. I'm a believer of that. There ain't an ounce of hyper-Calvinism in me. I'm telling you, I believe without a doubt Jesus died for everybody. I still believe in knocking on doors and going and winning people to God. I still believe in sharing the gospel. I've got a burden for a man right now. It's a friend of mine. I, 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 that is, a, He's Colombian and I, I want to see him get saved so desperately. And I, God's given me a kindred spirit with him and I, I ride bicycles with him. He's training me some uh, for some events we're going to be doing and I, I want to see him give his life to Christ. You know why? Because God didn't just die for Brother Chris but he died for him from Colombia and he died for everybody else. Friend, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus even died for Nancy Pelosi. 
Buddy, that's the scope of God's love right there. Amen, because I'm not even sure I love her. Hallelujah. There's a breath of God's love is to everyone. Think about it. It's wide. It's broad. Paul said, I want you to think about it. Comprehend it. Comprehend it. See, you've got to understand this tonight. God doesn't love you any better right now than he did before he saved you. Greater love have no man than this and a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus loved you when you were lost, when you didn't care about God, when you didn't care about church, when you didn't care about coming to Tuesday night meeting. He still loved you instead. Amen. Then he says, look next. He said, not only is the breadth of God's love to everyone, but he said the length of God's love is everlasting. I want you to watch this. He goes on and he says, that you may be able to comprehend what is the breadth, but then he says the length, the length of God's love. I begin to think about that word length. What is he saying? Hey, here's what he's saying. He never stops loving his children. How long will God love me? Hey, I want to say this. He'll love you for all eternity. He loves you now. He loves you then. He'll love you later on. He'll love you when you're up on the mountaintop. He'll love you when you're serving him the best of your ability. Hey, but even when you deny him three times or even when when you fell him and began to seek walking on the sea, he'll still love you. How many of you glad tonight that God loves you no matter how you are or who you are? How many of you glad that the love of God does not fade away? Amen. I think about tonight sometimes when I fail the Lord or come up short and sometimes I'll catch myself praying and I'll say, Lord, it's me again. I don't know if you ever do that, not that you pray for us weaker, brethren. Right? Lord, it's me again. Yeah, I messed up again. Yeah, I did this again, Lord. I'm sorry. God's love never changes. Amen? Just like a child can break a parent's heart, but let's be honest, that parent just doesn't stop loving that child. Just, it just doesn't happen. And I want to say this to you. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand without any shadow of a doubt at all that the length of God's love reaches, it reaches uh, farther than you can ever fail. The love of God, the reach of God's love. Paul said to the church, and he said, I want you to know that even though things are tough, I want you to know, don't, get, don't, don't miscomprehend how much God loves you. You ever had the devil to mess with your mind? You ever have the devil to mess with your mind and things don't quite go the way you wanted them to go and the devil whisper in your ear, where's God after God really loved you? Oh, absolutely, we all have. Devil get on your case and get you convinced. Well, if God loved you this, God loved you that. Friend, can I tell you this? God loved us so much that he gave his son. God loved us so much that he saved our soul. And can I tell you this tonight? It doesn't get any better than that. Hey, everything else, as I like to say, is gravy. Amen. I mean, the very fact that I don't have to die and go to hell, the very fact that God saved my soul is more than I would ever deserve, brother. Steve, but then I think about all them handfuls on purpose God's dropped in my life since I've been saved by the grace of God. So I want you to know tonight that there's the length of God's love. You know what God said about that length? He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword. What can separate us from the length of God's love? I've seen people, I've seen people get distressed and get away from God and get to the place in their life where they almost thought that nobody loved them. But it's amazing how quick that God can show us that he loves us. Amen. Look back with me just a moment. An interesting word, he says, in the depth, the depth of God's love. The depth of God's love is exclusive. What do I mean by that? There is no depth that God's love cannot reach. There is no one, there is no one that God cannot save. There is no one that has sin. There is no one uh, that's deep enough in the mire that God cannot pull them out. There is the death of God's love. And he says to all those Ephesian believers, he says this. He said, look, it may be difficult, but comprehend something with me. Look where God found you. Look what God brought you from. You ever do that in your life? You ever take a pause moment in your life and think about where you'd be if the love of God had not reached down and grabbed you up out of that mire? I tell people all the time, he didn't just try to tick his hand over in and get us out of the mud. He got in it with us. Praise God, he got in it and he lifted us up and he lifted us out. He got dirty and I got clean. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, he became sin for us who knew no sin. How much does God love you tonight? I'll tell you how much he loved you. He'll go as far down in the pit as he can possibly go so he can lift you out and save you by the grace of God. Amen. The death of God's love is exclusive. No doubt as you think about it, you think about the height in verse 18 of God's love. The height of God's love is elevated. What do I mean by that? Well, we've seen how low God would go to get us. But let's think about how high God will take us. Amen. <laughs> you know where the love of God's going to take you? It took some of you from the mire to the choir. It took some of you from dope to hope. It took all of us from being damned and on our way to hell to being saved and on our way to heaven. But watch what Paul said in Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I've always been tickled to death about John seeing the church in the latter part of the book of Revelation. I know the preacher and I saw and I actually I, I tried to get a hold of a little bit of that watching through as he went through. I believe it was a book of Revelation, things you were doing and wrote that book, I believe, right? And I uh, was going through that. And I've always been amazed at the book of Revelation, the things which were, the things which are, the things which shall be. And when John saw the church, he already seen me. The love of Christ has elevated me. I'm seated spiritually in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Won't you listen to me tonight? You know what God is saying to the church at Ephesus? 
Paul is saying to them through the Holy Spirit of God, he said, I want you to look at verse 16, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. I love that word dwell. I love the fact that God wants us to know that we are rooted and grounded in Him. Would you listen to me tonight? There will be times in your life when you will realize that things aren't going quite the way you plan. There will be times in your life when you sometimes don't feel like you can get a prayer through the ceiling, so to speak. There will be times uh, when you read a verse and it won't jump off the page and just say, wow, God gave me something there. But there will never be a time that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care about you. All the breadth, the depth, and the length of God's love for you and I. A songwriter said it well by the name of Frederick Lehman. Here's what he said. Could we with ink the ocean fill and where the skies of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. You know the song, as the love of God is greater far. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. You cannot exhaust it. You cannot exhaust it. Preacher, I'm going through something. Preacher, I've failed him. Preacher, listen. You cannot exhaust the love of God in your life. Amen. I am, and I will say this night and I'm done, I am an independent Fundamental, Bible-believing, cold mother hired to the side, Baptist preacher. All right. Thank God. I, I am. But sometimes I get scared because I feel like sometimes sinners aren't even welcome in our churches anymore. Nor are people that fail. Can I tell you this? I, I don't want to. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. I want to finish right. I tell people all the time, people may not remember you start, but they'll remember you finish. I want to finish right. But I will say this to you tonight. I want you to get a hold of this. When we fail and we fall, God's not stopped loving us because we fail. God's not stopped loving us because others can't seem to when we fail. That doesn't mean that God changes his qualifications. That doesn't mean that we have to make things right with the Lord. We all know that. But the whole thing is, and what's scary, is there's a world out here. And, and I'm balancing between it. Brother Stephen, I know you do where you're at because I preached several weeks in California back several years ago. And I preached to kids. I'll never forget it, Brother Steve. I think I started a youth meeting with you guys. But I preached to kids in the San, I guess it was San Andreas Mountains. I was preaching in a youth camp. Never preached to a group of young people like this. I had kids in the youth group that were literally lived in Beverly Hills. Their mom and dad lived in Beverly Hills, California. 
And we also had kids from the streets, from the, from the uh, bad areas of Los Angeles that went to the same church through that ministry, the buses, and I preached on the youth camp. And I'll never forget this fella had his hat on backwards, slumped down in his seat. He could not stand me. He didn't like it. He never heard no preacher from the South, and I was not going to be his favorite. I could tell that. But after every service, I'd go back to him, and I'd just show him a little bit of the love of God. I said, man, I'm so glad God sent me out here and let me get to know you. Man, I'm glad I've met you. And About third night into the meeting, I saw him. He had took his hat off, and he'd sat up in the seat. The next day, they asked me to play basketball with them. You've got to understand, we were 6,000 feet high. So breathing, walking was hard enough. <laughs> basketball would have been a miracle. But I went out there and tried to do my best. And I wouldn't be good at it if it was flat elevation, but much less. <laughs> but I'll never forget, he come out there and he said, boy, I appreciate come play ball. I said, listen, man, I'm here because I love you. I want to tell you about Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here from North Carolina. That's why I'm here. And I'll never forget on the, about the, yeah, it was the last night of the meeting. I'll never forget when I was preaching and I watched tears start dripping off his face. I'm talking about Brother Stephen grew up uh, literally right in the area where Rodney King, uh, all of that stuff took place. Reginald Denny, drug of that truck, right in that same area where he grew up all his life. And I'll never forget that night he came down. And they took him to a side room. He gave his life to Christ and got saved. Never forget it. Never forget it. And you know what if he was saying? Preacher, could God love somebody like me? I got news for you. When you look around you sometime and you see all this stuff, don't forget. Don't forget that God's love doesn't change. Amen. Amen. Let's stand our feet tonight. Father, thank you tonight for the word of God. Thank you tonight, Lord, for this wonderful church and this pastor. God, I thank you for Brother Pope, and I thank you, Lord, for his love for you, his love for us, his love for our church. I appreciate he and his precious wife and how much, God, they love you, how much they serve you here in Union Grove, and I thank you for that. Lord, these folks are sort of like family to us, too. God, we're just a few miles apart, not a long ways. God, trying to do our best to tell people that God loves them. God hadn't give up on them. And sometimes, Lord, when you're going through things in your life, sometimes you may look around and think, does God really love me? God, I think we already know the answer to that. We already know that you love us, and we're so thankful that you do. Lord, I pray during this invitation time as Brother Steve comes, I pray tonight that if we're in this auditorium tonight and the devil's tried to get us to focus, to focus, Lord, maybe on something else going on in our life, maybe we need to comprehend, as Paul said, the love of Christ. Realize how bad can it be when the God of heaven loves us like he does. In Jesus' name, preacher, you come. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed how every meeting is different. And I'm also amazed at how when you have different preachers in every night who 
weren't here the night before, weren't here the night before, and yet they preach along the same lines. And it's almost like God is just got something, a need in the church that needs to be singled out, needs to be, needs to be addressed. And I think that's what's happened here in this meeting. You're here tonight. Well, the devil's come. The devil said, "You know what? God's mad at you, or God doesn't love you, or uh, you know." And and tonight, I thought about that verse over in Second Corinthians while Brother Hazlett was preaching. Paul said, "For the love of Christ constraineth us." You know what? That love is a thing that ought to motivate us to go on and do more for God. You're here tonight. I'm going to ask the pianist to play. And you're here tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed and, and several are already in the altar tonight. If God spoke to your heart and you need to come, listen, why don't you come tonight? Just make your way down here to this old-fashioned altar. Maybe you felt like, maybe you believed that lie. The devil came. The devil said, you know what? Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. You know what? God doesn't even love you anymore. And tonight, thank God, God sent his man here tonight to remind you that God is a God of love and nothing can separate you from that love that God has. What about it tonight? You come. Folks are coming. Folks are coming. How about you? Now, if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I am saved and going to heaven when I die. Why don't you come tonight? We'd love to take the Word of God and show you how you can, can know Christ as your personal Savior. We'd love to introduce you to that that great love that Brother Hazel preached about tonight. And so if you need to come, come on tonight. You're here tonight, and man, something's unfolded in your life, tragic or something that seemed unfair. The devil came. The devil said, boy, that's not right. That's not right. If God loved you, that, he wouldn't let that happen. But oh, I'm so thankful that God's reminded us that we can never be separated from his love. We're going to pause just for a moment. And if you need to come, the altar's open tonight. Listen, we're going to be here in the front if you need us, if we can pray with you. Some folks are getting help tonight. You come tonight while we wait.